moving your career further faster. That's the mission behind Cascading Leadership. Each week, we're bringing you stories of women, immigrants, members of the global majority who have risen to the ranks of senior leadership in the world of business. Get ready to gather the insights of some of the world's best business leaders and apply those to your career. If you're interested in sales and marketing effectiveness, organizational effectiveness, talent strategy, DEI, or HR tech, tune in. We're going to share with you what they don't teach you in business school. Welcome to the show. Previously on Cascading Leadership. There are two things that change dramatically when it comes to startups. One is your your competitive landscape is changing very quickly. There's like competition that's coming out with new products all the time. And you have to keep un- understanding what they're building and what they're coming out with and how you fit in the marketplace. So that's really important. And the second is the technology landscape is also changing very quickly. This goes to the one of the important points in a startup is you're not trying to build everything yourself. You're trying to use services and code or mostly services infrastructure from anywhere and anything that you can lay your hands on so that you can get your product out to the market as quickly as possible. And services that did not exist even like a few months ago become available now. So it's really important that you adapt quickly to that changing landscape and are able to take advantage of services or other like open source code that is out there that you can take advantage of. And that will help you build a product much faster, much smarter, and get it out into the marketplace. Those are significantly different. You actually went a couple of directions that I hadn't considered. I I was thinking, hey, the need for focusing on near-term stuff is actually driven by funding because if your funding dries up, what happens to your roadmap? But you mentioned a couple of other things that wasn't even on my radar. I learned a couple more things to add to the list. That gives us a good understanding of what a startup technical landscape looks like. When you take that into consideration, what have you seen or where have you seen startup technical teams go wrong? Where do things start going sideways? And now the conclusion of the conversation. One of the areas where I've seen teams go wrong is when the teams have tried to build everything in-house or said very early on, we want to be like cloud agnostic. I don't think we have a luxury as a startup to be cloud agnostic or not to take advantage of a particular cloud provider's services early on because until you get to a certain scale, all of this doesn't matter. You need to be able to take advantage of everything that's out there so that you can get your product out as quickly as possible, which means that you may you have to know what these assumptions are. What are the assumptions that you're making? For example, yes, if you go with, say, yes, you're tying into the AWS landscape, it does mean that in maybe the long run, when we scale, it may not be the most cost efficient. And at that time, we may have to evaluate options. It's good anyway to be aware of it and then to take that path down the road so that you can take advantage of the services and not try to build everything yourself. That brings an interesting mindset. The way that I understood what you just explained is you really shouldn't tie up a lot of time in aspirational thinking. I want to rule the world. This product is going to change the world and it's going to be great. That's not the right thinking when you're looking at executing in a startup environment. You hinted at something, but the priority is on getting the product out as fast as you can. Why is that the priority for a startup from a technical perspective versus shooting the moon and and being the next Tesla or whatever else that is that you're 
trying to be. I want to clarify something. So what I meant is you need to understand what is your core competency. If you are trying to build a product for a specific task or to address a specific problem for your customer, you don't need to solve every other problem that's out there trying to get there. So take advantage of everything, all the other services and tools available so that you can deliver on your core competency. And then at some point, it may make sense for you to start evaluating those decisions that you've taken and maybe thinking about what are the other options. But you don't need to go in all those other directions right in the beginning. So that's really important. Thanks for clarifying because it actually just triggered another conversation that I had with a tech founder. So I recently interviewed Mitch Stein, who is the CEO of Pond. And Pond, they're a tech platform that creates a marketplace for not-for-profit organizations. So basically like creating the Angie's list, except for NPO so that they can be more competitive from a technical buy perspective. And the reason why I bring it up is that one of the big things that he talked about in his journey of accelerating his startup was, look, I was having a hard time getting making headway when I was spending all my time trying to build out this solution that was like the greatest thing ever. I only started making progress when I was obsessing about what is the customer problem that I'm trying to solve. So when I reoriented myself that way, I started getting a lot more traction. So what you just described hit me in the same way. Am I on the same? Absolutely. You said it very well. So exactly that. So you really need to focus on what is it that you are trying to solve for the customer and how you can get there the fastest that you can, right? What tools, what team, what tools, what technology do you need to get there? So use everything that you all the tools in your like uh, arsenal to get to that place and then reevaluate. Be aware of the assumptions you're making. Sometimes these assumptions, if you don't clearly state them, this is another thing that happens. Actually, it happens in startups and also in larger organizations, but more so in startups is you need to really clarify like these are the assumptions I'm making with regards to the product. And there are many hidden assumptions all of us have those hidden biases that actually even exist in technology. And many times, technology teams will not voice them to the product team at all, will not say that these are the assumptions that we're making, which is why we went down this path. So it's really important to tease those out and bring them out in the open and discuss them. And yet, I would say, once you have those, then you make the decision to use a service or tool so that you can move fast. But those assumptions are important to state and understand. Your point about the priority of speed to market, I get where all of that fits in. Now, in the course of that conversation, I wasn't keeping track, but yeah, I think you mentioned assumptions like 15 times. So if you're dealing with a team, you have all of these team members that have 15 times the number of members on the team creating their own assumptions. How do you herd all these cats and settle on a single group of assumptions instead of like 16 different versions of things that you could be chasing after? What's the process to get to that point? It is conversations. So a lot of agile startup teams will say, oh, we have 15 minutes stand up and that's enough. But And sometimes they'll even try to do it on like Slack using like Slack bots. It's like a written status. But having worked with global teams and many different global teams, I can say that there's no substitute for a face-to-face conversation. Even a phone conversation is not good enough. It's important to have a video call. And so it's important to have a, like a 15-minute stand-up every day. But following that, what we do is actually have a particular lot of items that need to be discussed. And then a lot of the assumptions have to be like questioned and teased out and then stated 
and make sure that the, the product manager is aware of what these assumptions are, what are the consequences of making these are the decisions we're making, and then go down that path. Many times these steps are shortcut, and then that causes issues down the road. You're either having significant delays with your product launch or like some capabilities now much more difficult to deliver, much more expensive. That's another thing because in a startup, you're always constrained by budget and very important that you are aware of like the financial implication of every decision that you're making. So that as a technical leader role, that's definitely something that I keep my eyes on. I'm thinking about the landscape that you described. And I'm thinking about distributed teams, global, you have all sorts of cultural and technical dynamics and language dynamics that you have to navigate. And then you have to be highly collaborative and you have to bring together two different universes. You have to bring together the technical universe and the business universe, and actually another universe, three universes, and the product universe and get them all working together. And you have to do that face to face. How in the world do you pull that off? Because it doesn't seem like there is enough hours in the day to navigate all of that and at least have a general idea of the direction that you want to go. What are some best practices in those areas? Your your entire agile process is extremely important. So starting off with your working with the product team to come up with the process flows, the epics, the, the user stories. And while the product is working on the user journeys, you are actually breaking down the stories and working through the... And sometimes, many times, actually, you need to do a spike to understand what is architecture you need to use to solve this particular problem. Like when we are building out a new product, my first few sprints may be just spikes in understanding what we need to do and how we're going to solve it. And once we have a good idea about it, and that's where the team can actually get their like feet wet with new technologies, new services, and then bring a lot of that collaboration into the, the team architect collaboration into the, into the sparking lot discussion after standups. And in a collaborative way, then you're able to at least then start to use very typical agile processes of sprint planning and having user story story pointing sessions and actually breaking down the work into two week chunks and getting it done. You mentioned something I'm familiar from a non-technical person perspective in into what agile means. So I get what a user story and a sprint and a uh, backlog and all of that sort of features, epics, all that stuff. You mentioned something that I, I haven't heard before, and that was a spike. So what is a spike? Tell me a little bit more about what that actually means. A spike is, it's it's like a story, but it's a small ticket that you you do typically to understand which option you need to take to solve a problem. As I mentioned, because speed to market is so important, you need to explore and see if there are services out there that you can use, or there's open source code that you can use, or some other library that you can use. So you, the engineer, to have some time to investigate the options and actually lay them out. And then this also goes into the whole assumption building process and then pick the team that is able to then actually pick the best option based on that spike. It's really important that when you're going into, if you're, it's tried and tested technology, then you don't need to do a spike, but anything new that you're building, then you should do a spike at the beginning to know how you're going to do it. So If I'm understanding this recipe for success, here's what we've gotten so far. And I'm thinking in terms of any sort of transformation that you want to execute. A transformation is made up of three broad things. There's tool sets, skill sets, and mindsets. 
So from a tool set perspective, I think what I gathered from your description is speed to market is king. So you need to be looking at all available options that are easily accessible from a tooling perspective to integrate into the work that needs to be done. Am I on the right track there? Skill set when we're defining what skill sets are necessary or critical for a startup technical team success. Collaboration is the skill set that needs to be built across the enterprise, across multiple teams, so that you're going in the same direction and dealing with as narrow possible a set of assumptions as you can as a team. So you're moving forward in service of releasing that most viable or yeah, most viable product, right? Minimum viable product. MVP. So that brings us to the mindset component. So when we're thinking about mindsets necessary for startup success, startup technical team success, what does that look like? What's the proper mindset that somebody who is part of a technical team or somebody who is leading a technical team needs to adopt in order to maximize that speed to market when it comes to releasing that minimum viable product? One of the critical mindsets to have anywhere in this technical organization in the startup world is to work outside the box. <laughs> Think outside the box. and out. So there is no box, actually. Literally, there is no box when it comes to startups. You are doing all roles, any role, anything and everything that needs to be done to get the product out. So you could be wearing many hats and you should be comfortable doing that. So if you are a kind of person who wants your job very well defined, then the startup world is definitely not for you. If you enjoy being, if you thrive on having a variety of challenges and doing different things every day, then the startup world for you is fast changing landscape. And I cannot emphasize that enough because this changes every like few months, something new is out there. You need to be able to learn and apply it. So yes, that's the most important thing. The ability to navigate or tolerate change is what you're hitting at from a mindset perspective. But I think the other thing that's important is the startup world isn't a world where you can say that's above or below my pay grade. It's not on my list of responsibilities. So I guess... If you're advising somebody when it comes to being successful in the startup world, and let's just say they may be more on the process rigidity side, how do you get yourself into a space where you can actually perform well in a startup world if your default tends to be more structure-oriented and methodical versus what's necessary for success in a startup world? Any advice there? It's important to be methodical and structured in your approach. I am very methodical. I have a Trello board, my personal Trello board that I use every day. I use the team uses Jira. All of that is methodology and process. So that's really important. And that kind of makes sure that you get your work done. But from thinking and what, how to build the product, what product to build and how to build the product, that's where you need that openness. So you need to be able to listen to other people's point of view to quest to ask them questions to understand to digest and then to be able to build on top of each other's contributions that's a super important thing i actually asked the wrong question when the assumption was if if you want to be successful in a startup environment you have to be agile but that doesn't mean you can't be agile and methodical at the same time so it was on a false premise but based on your answer, here's how I understand what you described. You have to be committed from a mindset perspective to the idea or and philosophy that the best idea wins. So don't get married to your idea. It's the best idea that moves forward. Am I on the right track when we're talking about mindsets in that respect? Absolutely. Yes. So 
that's I actually think that the best ideas emerge when a team actually starts talking about it, like thinks about it and starts talking about it. It's I've seen this happen over and over again. And no, I in nobody comes up with the best idea on their own. Everybody. It's it incrementally builds and then it emerges from there. So I have to say, Vigi, this is this has been a fast paced, high intensity, totally deep conversation in terms of how you build highly successful technical teams in a startup environment. And I knew it would be. So thanks for giving us the roadmap in executing that. Now, before we sign off and all that sort of stuff. When you think about your personal professional journey and your time within the high growth startup world, what are the critical things that you want the listeners to walk away from in terms of shaping their own career trajectory and navigating their own career journey? There are a few things that I would like to point out. The first is that it's really important to always have the your learning hat on wherever you are in your career because it's the world is changing very quickly technology is changing very fast and it's important that we are continuously learning and adapting to this change the second is when it comes to startups specifically but i think this is true even in large organizations that it's really important to build an environment where a lot of good collaboration can happen between the technical team members but also with the product team so that you end up building the right product with the right technology at that time for your startup. So that is critical that this collaboration happens. And as a leader in the space, you need to make sure that you provide that environment for that collaboration to happen. And another important thing is for you to pick and also make sure that your team, the entire team is thinking, has an architectural mindset in when they're working on your product. What this means is to be able to clearly state the assumptions that are going into the technology choices and the implications of these assumptions and then looking at the market and landscape to pick the right tools for you that make sense for you at that point in your startup and so it's this is the architectural mindset that everybody on the team needs to have for you to the entire team to be able to build the right product so speed to market is critical in the startup world and so if you provide that collaborative mindset or framework and have the architectural mindset and the and agile processes to support it and don't plan too much of your roadmap but more think about like guiding principles and then let you know agile two week sprints actually dictate how are actually implementing those guiding principles then you should be able to get your product out very quickly into the marketplace awesome stuff viji thanks for sharing that one quick thing before we sign off. Where can people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn at Vigi. Find Vigi on LinkedIn. If you can't find her, you find me and then I'll connect you to her because we go back. We go way back. Thanks again for sharing all of that insight. I think it's going to be a phenomenal learning for the audience. I appreciate you taking the time. For those of you listening, when this episode comes out, it's going to be available on all your favorite podcast platforms under the Cascading Leadership handle. You can find us on LinkedIn, which is our most active channel. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on TikTok. We're also on Facebook. Most of those are under the Cascading Leadership handle. And then you can obviously find me and Lawrence when he's on the show on 
LinkedIn as well. Certainly track down Vigi when you get a chance, but we appreciate you listening to the show and continuing to support us and tune in next time for another great episode of Cascading Leadership. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cascading Leadership. We hope you enjoyed the story as much as we did. Make sure you subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast player. Follow us on YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, reach out to me at jim at cascadingleadership.com. Tune in next time for another great episode that will help you move your career further faster.